Thank you for choosing Miniaturist of Baptist Church podcast. We hope you benefit from this message. If you'd like to learn more about Miniaturist of Baptist Church, please visit our website at miniaturistachurch.org. some sophistication into our service this morning by reading some poetry. We don't often do this. You'll notice our sermon is entitled Two Roads and we're going to look at Mark 8 11 through 21 and if you have a insert it could be yellow it could be purple I don't know your color but on the back is a poem by Robert Frost and it's entitled The Road Not Taken. I think we have it up here. And uh, if you have the time, you should go online and look up this poem and then go to the cliff notes and it will explain to you why he wrote this poem and to who it was to. It's kind of interesting. But you probably have heard this before. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry, I could not travel both and be one traveler long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other, as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though as for that passing there had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay. In leaves no step had trodden black, Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost. You look it up, it's kind of fun. The reason he wrote this, it's far from the reason I just read it. On the other side, you will notice that it says, God loves you so much that he gave you two choices. And those two choices are found in Ephesians, and I know we're studying the book of Mark, but if you would take your Bible and turn to Ephesians chapter 2, I want to read to you the two choices that God has given. God loves you so much, he gave you two choices, and these are found in the first few verses of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. So the first choice that God gives us is to remain dead in your transgressions and sins. We all started out there, but we don't have to remain there. But that is a choice, and some people choose that road. 
The next choice is found in verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And a verse you're familiar with. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. God loves you and I so much that he has given us two choices, two roads, if you will. One is to remain dead in your transgressions and sins, and the other is choose to be made alive in Christ and be saved. The same two options are in our text today and are given to the Pharisees and the disciples. The Pharisees choose death. The disciples choose life. Every human being has the same two choices what choice will you make? And so if you have your Bible again, let's turn to our text. And uh, it is in Mark chapter 8, and we're going to be reading these verses 11 through 21. You remember last week Jesus fed the 4,000, and then he heads off to the Sea of Galilee and crosses over to the Jewish side. He'd been spending a lot of time with the uh, Gentiles and now he's back on the other side. And as soon as he lands, it says in verse 11, the Pharisees came and began to question Jesus, to test him. They asked him for a sign from heaven. He sighed deeply. Remember uh, in chapter 7 he sighed as well. This is a different sigh and we'll get to that. He sighed deeply and said, Why does this generation ask for a, for a miraculous sign? I tell you the truth, no sign will be given to it. Verse 13, Then he left them, got back into the boat, and crossed to the other side. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread, except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. And Jesus says, Be careful. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, It is because we have no bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? When I broke the five loaves... For the 5,000, how many baskets and pieces did you pick up? Well, they said, well, 12. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls and pieces did you pick up? Well, if you remember from last week, seven. And he said to them, do you still not understand? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Matthew 16, let's go there because this is a parallel story. And Matthew gives us just a little bit more information. Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 12. 
Same story, but just told with a different author here. The Pharisees and Sadducees, okay, so he adds the Sadducees, came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. And he replied, when evening comes, you say, it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, today it will be stormy for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearances of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a miraculous sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Jesus then left them and went away. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They discussed this among themselves and said, It is because we didn't bring any bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, You have little faith. Why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it that you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And then Matthew says... Kind of, kind of pulls the disciples out of the pot here. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So, interesting story. That is the reading of God's word. So we're going to take a look at two groups today. And one group chose option one and one group chose option two. The first group that we're going to look at are the Pharisees. And uh, we are going to look at the choices they make. And the first choice they make after Jesus arrives on the other side is to question. To question. If you're taking notes, that's our first point. To question. He's back in Jewish territory, as I have shared, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, if you take a look at Matthew chapter 16, who pretty much disagree on everything now team up to try to stump Jesus. It would be like the Vikings and the Packers fans coming together and uniting against the Super Bowl winners, Kansas City Chiefs. Vikings and Packers fans, they don't have anything on the same page, but they're going to go against the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Sadducees and the Pharisees are the same thing. They want to try to team up, even though they disagree on everything, now, and they want to try to stump Jesus. And so they want to do, the choice they want to make, is they want to test Jesus. And it's not just your normal question-answer time. All right? I love question-answer time, you know? I love to get in with you and study God's Word together. But this is not that at all. They want to test him. They really want to start a fight is what they want to do. They want to see if they can make him mess up somehow. And so they ask to see a sign. They want to see a sign. And you'll notice again that Jesus sighs here. And Jesus sighs over in Mark 7.34. And in Mark 7.34, Jesus sighed because sin caused such deep despair. And Jesus saw 
The man who could not speak and the man who could not talk, I'm sorry, talk and hear. And uh, he healed that man. But before he did, he sighed because sin caused such deep despair. Here, Jesus sighs because he has been displaying his power for months and the Pharisees choose not to see it. And so it's more of a frustrated sigh, I think. Because they want more. They want something from the heavens now. They couldn't take a look at Jesus healing the blind man. Jesus walking on the water. Jesus calming the storm. Jesus raising the dead. All of those signs they could not take a look at. And they want something now from heaven. They want Jesus to stop the ceiling, uh, the seasons. Or they, they want Jesus to bring down fire from heaven like Elijah did. Or to eclipse the moon or rearrange the constellation somehow. They want something more than what they've seen. And Jesus says, hey, no, I'm done. I'm done. Why does this generation ask for a miraculous sign? I tell you the truth, no sign will be given to you. They're done. Jesus is done. He says, I, I, I can't do any more. I've given you sign after sign. I've spent time with you. I've taught you. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees want more. Want a little more. It is interesting because in John 3 verse 2, Nicodemus, a Pharisee, comes to Jesus early in his ministry. This, this now is maybe a couple years into Jesus' ministry. Nicodemus comes early into the ministry of Jesus and he says, We know that you come from God because of the miraculous things you do. So the Pharisees knew. They just chose not to believe. And so a sad verse, verse 13, Jesus left them. Verse 13, then he left them, got back into the boat, and crossed to the other side. <laughs> he was just on one side, he crossed over, had a few questions from the Pharisees that pretty much drew the line, and he got back in the boat and went back on the other side. Interesting. So that is the story of the Pharisees. Their opportunity to see the light and to respond to it left. And it's the same way today for, for the most part. We have people that say, well, I need more. I need more. I need more before I can come to faith in Christ. Well, what about evolution? Well, what about the resurrection? Well, what about the authority of the Bible? What about the conflict of science? Woody Allen once said, if God would give me a clear sign, I would believe like making a large deposit in my name at a Swiss bank. Right? Unfortunately, that's what some people think. I'll believe if God does this or God does that. In Matthew 16, Jesus says, I'll give you a sign. And remember what he said? The sign of Jonah is what I'm going to give you. Those of you that are understanders of God's word the sign of Jonah is that Jonah was in the belly of the great fish three days and three nights and Jesus is saying I'll give you a sign it's the sign of Jonah and that sign will be that in not very many more months 
I will be crucified and I will be buried for three days and three nights and then, like Jonah, I will come forth. Unfortunately, the Pharisees and the Sadducees chose option one. They chose poorly. They remained dead in their transgressions and sins. But you don't have to choose poorly because there's another choice. God loves us so much that he gave us another choice. Even though we were deserved his wrath, God gave us another choice. And so we're going to take a look at the disciples now. Now, when Jesus came with the disciples onto this side and was confronted by the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the Bible tells us the disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. So the disciples chose to get in the boat with Jesus. They could have easily stayed on that side with the Pharisees and the Sadducees because that is the tradition and the teaching that they'd grown up with. So they could have stayed on that side of the lake with the Sadducees and the Pharisees, but instead they get into the boat, they decide to stay. They decide to stay. If you're taking notes, the disciples decide to get in the boat with Jesus. We've used this text before, but back in the book of John, when Jesus starts teaching hard truths, I don't know if you remember, when Jesus starts teaching hard truth, many people leave. They say, we, we just can't handle it. We can't handle it. We've got to leave. And Jesus asks his disciples if they want to leave too. It's found in John chapter 6, verse 67. And I love their answer. Jesus says, hey guys, do you want to leave too? And they say, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One from God. That's great. So they choose to stay. And then they choose to learn. While they're staying, they are choosing to learn. Now, it was funny in reading our text. They are learning, but they are slow learners, aren't they? Last week, one of our guys from our men's study said that the disciples are the disciples. The disciples. And it's funny because immediately they get into the boat and they start worrying about what's for lunch. <laughs> Sounds like something I'd be concerned about. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. And so while they're there, Jesus says, be careful. He knows they're thinking about bread. He knows that he just got done feeding the 4,000 and not too long ago feeding the 5,000. And so he says, be careful. Jesus warned them, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. And they're thinking to themselves, he's talking about this yeast thing because we forgot to bring bread. And Jesus in verse 17, aware of their discussion, says, guys, come on. This is not about bread. This is not about what we're going to have for lunch. In fact, don't you remember the feeding of the 5,000? I supplied bread for everybody. And how many basketfuls were left over? 12. And then he says, remember just not too long ago, the feeding of the 4,000. How many basketfuls were left over? Seven. Don't you guys understand that I'm talking about the yeast of the Pharisees? 
and the influence of their sin. And yeast, when you put it in to make bread, permeates everything and it rises. And Jesus is saying the sin of the uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees permeates everything. And because of that, they choose to dismiss the light of Christ. Don't you understand what I'm talking about here? Well, thankfully, over in Mark or Matthew chapter 16, Matthew kind of gives the, the disciples a little bit of clarity there by saying, Oh, now we kind of understand. Verse 12, Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So Matthew kind of bails them out a little bit. Mark doesn't. He just, he just basically says, yeah, you know what? And Jesus says, do you still not understand? Do you still not understand? Well, the disciples, they choose to stay. They choose to learn. And in time, they choose to commit. They choose to commit. The disciples are committed to stay and committed to learn. And as they commit to stay and commit to learn, they, became, they become more committed to be a Christ follower. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to look at Mark chapter 8 and verse 27. So it's a couple weeks from now, but I'd like to read it because this is their, this is basically right in the middle of Mark. They're kind of um, putting their line in the sand. Jesus said, verse 27, Jesus and his disciples went on to the village around Caesarea Philippi. On the way he asked them, who do people say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. Jesus says, but who, or what about you? Who do you say I am? And Peter answered, you are the Christ. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone. So the disciples choose to stay, choose to learn, and slowly but surely commit. And if you read about the disciples and their end, they all basically were martyred because of their commitment to follow the light. And they chose the road less traveled. The road less traveled. You know, Jesus talked about this in uh, the uh, Sermon on the Mount, didn't he? You remember in chapter 7, Matthew 7, verse 13? Enter through the narrow gate. This is what Jesus says. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the, is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. It's the road less traveled. And they realize that to be made alive in Christ and to be saved, Jesus had to die for them. And those were the two options. And these are the only two options. It's not like I can choose option three. There is no option three. There are two options. We can remain dead in our transgressions and sins. And you know what? When we are born, we are sinners. And so we have the option to remain in the sin that we were born with. Or we can choose another option. Choose to be made alive in Christ and be saved.
And so I began with what choice will you make? Which of the two roads have you chosen? And if you say, well, I'm a believer, I'm a Christ follower, then a Christ follower stays, he learns, and he commits. John 3.21 says, but whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. And so to go back to our poem, two roads, let's take a peek at this, there they are. Two roads diverged in a wood. And I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. It is really practical. Two roads diverge in the middle of our lives. I heard a wise man say, and I chose the one less traveled by, and that's made the difference every night and every day. And if we are the disciples, if we are Christ followers, we know that to be true. And Lord, our desire would be to let everyone know that if you knock, the door will be opened. I pray, Lord, for those that have not quite allowed the door to open yet, that this will be the day of salvation. Today they would make the choice to be made alive in Christ and be saved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Minnetrista Baptist Church is a community of Christ followers who value preaching and teaching scripture, biblical obedience, community, prayer, and evangelism. If you'd like to learn more about Minnetrista Baptist Church, please visit our website at minnetristachurch.org and come by for a Sunday morning service. We'd love to meet you.